This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. My change up didn't mess you up, did it? Me saying, you know, Kevin, another episode that didn't mess you up? <laughs> You're always trying to mess me up. <laughs> what are you talking about? How's this week going? Good. What'd you do? What did we do? What did we do? What did we do? We are getting organized. We're getting some new names of restaurants that we're going to go start visiting soon and interviewing. And there's going to be some really good stuff coming up. Okay. So do you know any restaurants that have been around for 30 years? I do. I know a a handful of them. Which one did you, which one did we go to last? Most recently? Yes. Cafe Carla. What'd you think? It was great. You said that. Okay. So he brought up a dish, their most popular dish. What's it called? The dish I had, I think it was called Fet Chili. So that is, a, okay, so actually that is a dish that you ordered the first time the you were there. The very first time. So I went to Cafe Carlo on a first date 20 years ago, and that was the first dish, that was the dish I had. And every time I went back after that, it was the only dish I've ever had. How bizarre is that, that he brings that up as that being the most popular yeah. dish that they serve? I found that, I thought that was kind of a crazy coincidence. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the interview. This is us talking to Joelle, the owner of Cafe Carlo on Lilac. Good morning. Where's your coffee? Uh, you know what? I'm buzzing right now. You're, so you're I'm good. Out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks for allowing yeah. us to come in this morning. How are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah, doing great. Okay, let's talk about um, Cafe Carlo, Joelle. Yes. When I see when you open 1989, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm an 80s, I'm not going to say I'm an 80s baby, but I was a teenager in the 80s, you know, uh, I'm dating myself here. You're thinking, why should I say that? <laughs> I was in my 20s in the 90s. 89, you were not a teenager. I was a teenager. I was 19. Oh, that's okay. That's still, it's barely a teenager. Yeah, okay. Right? So that's, you're coming up to 30 years. How does, right. yeah, how does a restaurant stay in business in Winnipeg for 30 years? 30 years. Uh, good people. No question. I mean, we're just surrounded by some of the best and the staff that we've had since day one. It's been absolutely amazing. These guys have carried this restaurant and it just always seems that the, when there's a, a gap, somebody just steps right in and, and brings, the, brings the game up. It's, it's pretty fantastic. We were really lucky and super blessed mm-hmm. overall to have that. So, For sure. How do you find good stuff? Uh, you know, usually it's just word of mouth. Uh, we hire a lot of people just from friends of friends. and. Uh, you know, when somebody leaves, one of the first questions is always, hey, do you know anybody who might be looking for a job? So, uh, and that sort of builds on it. And there's this long sort of history of people being connected to one another. It's almost like a family tree. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one of the main ways that we'll do that. And sometimes, you know, you have to reach beyond that. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, for the most part, we've been really lucky. And uh, we let people sort of find their place. We give them time, and uh, that that helps a lot. Right. Yeah. Sure. Well, if you're if you're getting a referral from someone who is good at what they do already, that's mm-hmm. always a good start, right? That's right. Exactly. So, um, you know, and of course, experience matters, and uh, having the skill set matters as well. But there's always a leap of faith, and you got to trust people to to do their job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a somebody who really likes to tell people. I like to just let them figure it out and not be afraid to make decisions. And you know, sometimes we make mistakes, but we learn from them. And uh, I'm not gonna get down on people for taking a bit of a risk and you know, letting themselves be themselves right. uh, and expressing themselves. Whether it's in the front or in the back, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a, a role to play. So 
uh, I think those things are what has allowed us to sort of just keep on rolling along uh, for 30 years. That's a good philosophy. Yeah. Well, kind of a hard one to go by in the restaurant industry, right? Because your servers are your the, they're your front face. Yeah. They represent your restaurant. So for you to give trust them enough to actually do it on their own accord. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the story we hear it all the time. So I'll hire a new server and I don't know them at all. And mm -hmm. after their first shift, I say, "Here are the keys to the restaurant. I need you to lock up." And they just look at me like, like "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You so, don't know me. <laughs> but you know what? It works when you, I, I just feel that, you know, if you, give, if you give them that bit of trust, they pay it back to you a hundred times over. Totally. So, uh, yeah, that key story is, you know, you can ask any of the servers. It just keeps coming back. <laughs> That's why I saw posted for a party here at Twitter. It's strange. That never happens here. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, 1989. Yeah. Your menu probably has changed a lot since then. Massively. What uh, uh, is there anything from back then that actually is still on the menu? We, still have, back we still have a handful of items that are, are still kicking around. Um, and, you know, the menu, you know, when I put an old menu next to a new menu, you, you see a big change. Right. But if I were to put all the menus in between, it's so incremental that you almost don't even notice the change. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of evolves. And, um, you know, the, some of those, like the corn soup and the seafood chowder, those things, some of the pastas uh, in one incarnation or another have been there since day one. Right. And uh, if we were to take them off, I think we'd probably hear about it. So <laughs> that's always a tough thing. Too, no right? incentives to do that. Um, but uh, overall, the, you know, the, the menu's just evolved and changed, and it's been largely a response to our customers. That's a, sort of another kind of approach that we've always had, is to listen to what people say. And sometimes, you know, they'll, you know, it's not you say one thing and I respond immediately, but we're attentive to hearing the same things right. over and over again. And when you hear the same thing repeated to you, you go, well, maybe there's something to this, and let's pay attention, and what can we do to sort of address whether it's an issue or provide people with something that clearly they're wanting mm -hmm. from us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we keep on doing that and it, it works for us. And I've got a great crew, again, you know, I, I'm gonna keep getting back to that because they're really open-minded. The, the idea of the really uh, hot-headed chef or that sort of thing, it just doesn't exist here. People, cool, calm, understanding that you know we're here for to provide people with some food we're feeding them we're giving them drink and we want them to be happy it's hospitality after all right so uh, yeah that's kind of uh, how the menu evolves and uh, where it's come from and where it's going to keep on going as far as i can tell and so the the overall style of the food has it Changed? Yeah, well, what is the style of the food here? <laughs> can you, maybe you can tell us. <laughs> I can't. It's a question we hear all the time, you know. Uh, well, I mean, being in what we call Little Italy, mm -hmm. although there aren't that many Italian restaurants, Not as like many as there were be, yeah. 25 yeah. years ago, um, there is that sort of moniker that kind of gets attached to the restaurant as an Italian place. But We've never thought of ourselves really in that way. I mean, I think uh, in the early days we called it Calital, which was a sort of a, a Southwest American Italian fusion 
uh, menu. But over time, I mean, you know, people think because we're in Little Italy, it's an Italian restaurant. We do have pastas, but very few of them are really super traditional Italian dishes. Um, so, you know, people ask us all the time, what kind of restaurant are you? And I'm just, I'm at a loss. I keep waiting for somebody to just nail it and say it to me so yeah. I can have a good <laughs> answer, right? <laughs> so if you have any ideas. <laughs> I could use the help. That's awesome. We're going to take a little break from the main ingredient. Uh, we're talking to Joel from Cafe Carlo. And when we return, we're going to talk about why he opened this restaurant in the first place. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the main ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Kevin? I'm very good. So we're going to continue our conversation with Joel from Cafe Carlo the morning we went there, right? That's right. So why did we open in the first place? You know, uh, well, Cafe Carlo actually just sort of evolved out of a little pasta deli. So I had a, a partner. Um, I didn't start the restaurant. So I started when the restaurant opened. Mm -hmm. But uh, the man, uh, Carlo, uh, who started it, it was just a little pasta deli called Pasta Presto. And they made fresh pasta and sauces to take home and, and you cook. And out of that, you know, he started doing a little bit of pizza by the slice, a cappuccino machine, that sort of thing. People start coming in. He thought, hey, you know, let's try to take what we're making, but we'll cook it for people instead. Mm -hmm. So it just became what it is um, out of that. And uh, yeah, here we are. It's named after him. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the nickname, He's, his name isn't really Carlo, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's Duncan, but... Uh, They're close. Yeah, exactly. Well, back in the day when we were a pasta deli, everybody took on a nickname, an yep. Italian nickname. Yep. And as nicknames are, they choose you, you don't choose totally. them, right? So yep. his stuck. So we went from pasta presto, the alliteration, the two Ps, and then it was, well, Carlo. We always called him Carlo. Why not Cafe Carlo? We like the alliteration, yep. so... We hung on to it, and, yes. and here it is. That's funny. Yeah. What, what role did you play back then? I was just a, a server. So I was going to university. My wife and I had just moved into the neighborhood. We were always buying the pasta and the sauces and just got talking. I had traveled uh, all over the South Pacific and Europe, you know, working in restaurants. I'd worked in restaurants in Winnipeg. I worked at the Keg, and McDonald's was my first job. And, uh, you know, it just seemed, oh, I'm going to school. I need a little extra cash. So I, we offered to help, my wife and I. And, uh, you know, one thing led to the next. You know, I finished university. He's a very entrepreneurial person, mm -hmm. Carlo. So not much into the day-to-day -day stuff, loves to create. And he's opened a number of sort of iconic restaurants in the city. Bonfire Bistro, oh. uh, Burrito Del Rio. Uh, he was the first to put a bakery across the street, which eventually became Bread and Circuses and is now the French way. So that was kind of his skill set, was bringing these, the ideas and bringing it together. I was a little stronger in just sort of maintaining and, and managing what was happening. And he just asked me, said one day, you know, look, I need some help. I'm not interested in doing this. Would you want to do this? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And uh, wow, here I am like wow. <laughs> 30 years later. Wow. I'm pretty sure I'll be a ghost in this building. <laughs> a friendly ghost. <laughs> but yeah, a ghost nonetheless. When you said yes, were you thinking this was going to be a long-term thing? Or, you I, know, had we'll no I had no idea. I had no idea. I'd done a business degree, you know, like 20-something-year-olds. Oh, you figure, oh, maybe I'll get into sales. I'll do this. I'll do that. Right. Uh, it chose me. 
in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's no question that was always, and with a lot of people, we all love food. I came from a family that was very passionate about food, and uh, it was just an easy thing for me to really pour myself into. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so, it, like I said, it chose me. I, I would have never guessed I'd be here today, but in hindsight, I wouldn't have traded any of it. It, uh, it afforded me a life uh, that... I'm really grateful for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to, you know, have a schedule that was super flexible. I grew up with my kids. I was like dad yeah, who awesome. volunteered to everything. I was the soccer coach. I went on the camping and all of that stuff. Because I, you know, I could work nights or days and I could really mm -hmm. mix it up. And uh, so, it, it, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was fantastic. And now all my kids work for me. Oh, nice. oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Uh, so uh, I have four. One doesn't work here. Yep. Um, but Defiant. Yeah. Uh. Well, she's a little older. She's got a family of her own now, and she's pretty busy. Uh, my daughter's 23. She just finished university, uh, just graduated yesterday, actually. And, oh, nice. Oh, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty excited, and I'm sure she's relieved. Uh, and uh, so she serves with us, and then I have twin boys, and they, uh, all these kids, they all started out in the dish pit, you know, scrubbing pots and doing working. all of that, working, uh, getting dirty. And now uh, one of my sons is, uh, he's working in the kitchen, the other one is working out front. That's awesome. Us. Yeah, so uh, it's turned into a real family thing. Uh. I mean, again, I would have never have guessed that, you know, it's one of those things where uh, maybe they're going to just go off and want to do something else. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to be able to work with them. And now that they're adults, you know, the boys are 21, you know, they're young men live on their own and, uh, you know, have their own ambitions and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Totally. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So 30 years coming up this November? November. November 1st. We don't even actually remember the day. <laughs> we just arbitrarily picked the 1st of November as our anniversary day. So, yeah, and you have coming some up plans for it? No. no. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> asks me that. They ask me that at 25 years. Are you going to have a party? Yeah. Or, yeah. I'm like, it's kind of busy, you know? We're getting into Christmas. Like, what am I going to do? Like, put out streamers? Yeah, and I've often thought I should, I would like to do something like put out the original menu for like three days. Mm -hmm. and, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's at the, old, at the cool. old prices, the whole works and just, you know, sort of, but it's, it'd be really difficult to thank everybody, like all our regular customers, all the people that have been coming in here for years, all mm -hmm. the memories. I mean, it'd be really hard to reach out to all of them. I'd love to be able to do that right. somehow, but uh, I mean, realistically, this is a pretty small place. We'd have to spread it out over a long time oh, to, yeah. to say thanks to yeah. everyone. <laughs> well, the size of the place is what I find very appealing. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, it's, it's very it's, quaint. Yeah, it's manageable. I yeah. mean, sometimes we wish it could be a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we've, I've got a great team right now. They're so good at sort of making it work. And they can really get a lot out of this mm -hmm. little space. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the artwork. Yeah, so the gallery, yeah, we've had a running gallery here for all those 30 years. Wow. So uh, changes roughly every four months. Okay. And uh, although Franklin, the art that's up on the walls right now, been up for a little bit longer. This is Frank's uh, second show here. And Hang on, he, so this is one, this is one person? One artist. Here? Yeah, we have yeah, only... There's some good stuff here. Yeah, we've only ever done one at a time because managing multiple people can be a bit challenging. 
I like to just get up, hang up the work, right. and coast for a few months. Uh, but Frank has sold probably 30 or 40 paintings out of here. That's because Frank is talented. There's, yeah. like, there's at least, how many are hanging up right now? Yeah, I don't know, maybe 12? Like there's like six to seven that I instantly like yeah. right when I look at it. Yeah. From the, the first, like they're really good. Yeah, and some of them, oh, some, yeah, some of them just, we'll hang them up and inside of four hours, somebody's buying, taking uh, it off the walls. No surprise, they go. That's not surprising. So yeah, over the years, we've really been able to sort of support a lot of local And how artists. do you find your artists? Uh, again, word of mouth, although now a bit of social media comes into right. play. Frank, I found, <laughs> Frank was a kind of a weird fluke. He actually worked across the back lane from us. And I knew Frank. I'd see him every day. He was a driver for Food Fair. And I saw a post of one of his paintings on Facebook, and I went, oh, that would be so awesome to have mm -hmm. his work in the restaurant. So I reached out to him, and he was like, yeah, no problem. But I, I knew him as Frank, but he was Franklin on this thing. I didn't know his last name. Oh, so you're corresponding not knowing it's the guy you know already. Yeah, until he shows up for our meeting. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's me. I go, those are your paintings. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. It was, and having his work up has been great. And just meeting all the artists over the years and, um, and switching it up. And I, I think our customers really like yeah. it, too. Because mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of nice gives a, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a change to the restaurant without making a big wholesale change, right? right? right. So yep. That's very yes. nice. Yeah. You know what I like? What do you like, Krista Hall? I like going into a restaurant that has nice artwork that you can look at while you're enjoying a meal. You know what I like? What, Kevin Bergen? I like a restaurant that has good food. So we're going to talk about Cafe Carlos's good food after the break. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm sitting here with my friend, Krista Hall. How are you, Krista? I'm doing good, Kevin. How are you today? Good. We're talking with Joelle from Cafe Carlo. We've talked about artwork. We talked about why they opened. You know what we haven't talked about? What? It's food. Ooh, it's a food, the food show. The food is so good. It is really good. So we're going to talk about that right now. Let's talk about the food. Yeah. You know, you obviously have some things that are mainstream, like you said, some of the, oh, some yeah. of the favorites. What's number one? The number one, yeah. well, we know is fed chili. Yep. Far and away. Single best selling item in the restaurant. Uh, ironically, not one of the first menu items. Is, All right. Yeah, it's only been around for me out of the 30 years, maybe 20 years. Oh, so it's just a rookie a then. Oh, only yeah, it is. Years. It's a rookie. Oh. And, and what is that dish? What so is it's a fettuccine, uh -huh. chicken, chorizo, cashews, chili cream sauce. Yeah, that was it. my dish. That was the very first time <laughs> yeah. I came here. That's what I had, and I kept going back. Yeah, and it's that so, dish yeah, that haunts people. It's yeah. really taken, a, taken on a life of its own. Um, and I've, I've told this story to many people before about how, you know, you get to a point where people... We did it as a special, and then people keep coming back and ask. It wasn't even on the menu. Oh, we had that dish on, you know, last Friday or a couple Fridays ago. They're wanting you to make it off the menu so many times. times. And it's like, well, there's something to it. Again, we're listening, right? right. But uh, anyway, so eventually it goes on the menu, and then all of a sudden, that's all we're making. It's it's almost frustrating because <laughs> we have other things. <laughs> that's right. And you've got some really talented guys in the kitchen who are, you know, creating things and making things. You really feel excited about it. And then everybody keeps ordering fat chili. Mm. After a while, though, I just learned to surrender to totally it. Totally Yeah, you just go, look, I'm actually kind of lucky. Isn't that what everybody sort of wants in the restaurant world is to have their 
item. I mean, their Big Mac or their, you know what I mean? You have your thing. People just keep coming back. That's right. And we see it all the time. People don't even open up the menu. They just sit down. Yeah. Yep. I know what I'm ready? having. 99 ready? times out of 100. Yeah. I'll just look at them. I go, I know what you're having. Uh, <laughs> they'll say, I was going to have something different, but I don't come here often enough. Right. So I so have, you, yeah, you have to have what you, you want. You have to have what you want. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's easily number one by far. And, uh, you know, another dish is like the seafood chowder is one of those things. I can't tell you the number of times I've had somebody tell me it is the best seafood chowder they've ever eaten anywhere on the planet. Is that right? Yeah. From the East Coast, the West. We're, I mean, we're a landlocked province. Mm -hmm. And so people are not really expecting but it comes down to like some really good fundamentals. And our chef has been amazing in, in implementing that. And it just shows right across the board. So a dish like seafood chowder, which you know is, you can see anywhere in a lot of menus all over, all over the world, is consistently being sort of thought of as a cut above. And he's just, there's no cutting corners with these guys and makes a huge difference. That says a lot, especially for something that's made in a ton of places, right? That's right. And uh, like I said, we hear it all the time. And it's just, uh, it's really flattering and it's nice to hear. But I'm always kind of surprised. And, you know, you, you feel a little bit of pride, you know, that comes with that. And uh, I think Dave's probably made uh, oh, millions of liters of that soup <laughs> over the years. And every single day. But it's like automatic for him. And I still dip my bread in that soup every day he makes it. That's awesome. That's the yeah. best part, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read something here. Okay, so over the years, you've had, obviously, people have done tons of articles, awards, kind of thing, yeah. but a couple that stand out to me, which is um, 2015 TripAdvisor Award of Excellence. Mm -hmm. The award is given to establishments that consistently receive positive reviews from satisfied customers from around the world. For a business to qualify, it must maintain a TripAdvisor rating of at least four out of five have, have prompted a certain number of reviews and been a trip been on TripAdvisor for at least 12 months. And Marion Warhaft says, longevity doesn't always prove quality, but at Car Cafe Carlo, it is. So that's my question is, what's your philosophy behind your approach to food and service to consistently keep uh, both the quality of both high? Right, so um First off, with the food part of it, I, I had mentioned the fundamentals. So there's real building blocks and basics that come to the way we're doing things. So everything that we do here is, I, want, I don't want to over say it, but most everything is made from scratch in-house. Soup, stocks, desserts, and it's made with as good an ingredient as we can source out. So those building blocks, really sort of take a lot of error out of things. It starts with the food. If the That's food right. is good, it's good food. So you've got that. I've also got, again, great people who know how to bring those things together in the back. On the service side, it is easily, I mean, I'm a front end guy. I've always been that person. So I may be a little bit biased in saying this, but really the service is what makes the difference every time because there are a lot of fantastic cooks and chefs and talented people all over the city all over Canada 
And that isn't to play down what these guys do, because it is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. But the service end of it is super important. And making people feel comfortable and at ease when they come in here. And I've got, I've had excellent people doing it. And I honestly also, also always said that service begins like in the back. It mm -hmm. starts in the dish pit. Like I want these young people that, you know, have been in the hundreds, their first jobs, to understand that their role is super important. We can't do our job well all the way down that line unless they do. So it, it has to start with them. And it's really impressed upon them how important that is. And I think that once you have those things in the back, you've got, you've got dishwashers and cooks who understand we're tr what we're trying to do in the front in terms of making people feel comfortable and enjoy their time here. It takes a lot of weight off of the server. And it isn't that the server doesn't have to hustle and doesn't have to work hard and run around, but it allows them to really be themselves and I've been really lucky to have people who are genuinely kind people. And it shows every time. It shows from the minute their uh, customer is greeted. They just, nobody goes up and says, do you have a reservation or something like that? Mm -hmm. It's just, hi, mm -hmm. how are you? Come on in, mm -hmm. we're gonna sort this out. And immediately you can see the body language of the customer relax. And, and allowing them to just come in and just be, part of it and um, so that's always something that's really been high on my priority list is trying to encourage that uh, with the serving staff hey so let's say you get something happens in a restaurant and it's not good for you how do you handle it as a customer do you get mad do you actually complain or are you one of those people that will leave and tell your friends or are you one of those people that will just leave and not not go back or no i would probably say something Depends. Okay, so let's say the server was rude. Would you wait and say something to the manager or would you say something directly to the server? No, I would say something to the manager. I've just never really encountered that, to be honest. Really? Yeah. yeah but I, hmm. I also didn't, w didn't work in the food industry. You must have had lots of experience with that. Oh, for sure. But if I'm in a restaurant, and it depends on what the problem is, if someone is rude to me, I'll tell them right to their face, like from, from minute one. I literally get somebody else. If someone's bad at their job, like let's say they made a couple of mistakes, whatever, that can't be helped. As long as they're trying, I don't care. Exactly. Um, we're going to talk more to Joel about uh, how he handles these kind of situations in his restaurant and just how he handles uh, customers. And we're going to talk about the food, of course, when the main ingredient returns. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Thanks for sticking around. We've been talking to Joelle from Cafe Carlo, talking about food, artwork, and how to run a successful restaurant. You know what? I've worked in places. I've worked mm -hmm. in restaurants for a long time. And it's funny that you were bringing up, if everybody does their job properly, it allows mm -hmm. you to focus on your job only. Mm -hmm. I've been in places where, you know, especially back in the 80s and 90s, where, you know, you'd have a chef that you, you didn't even, if you had to mo modify something, you didn't even want to go back and tell them that it was modified. So when you have people that actually care about their job, mm -hmm. it's just the whole chain flows nicely. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of that I learned from the keg. When I worked at the keg in the 80s and the early 90s, it was a super fun place to work. It was very loose. Um, by the time I left, I noticed, and I don't mean to poo-poo the keg, they're a very successful organization. I have loads of friends that are still there. It became a lot more corporate. There were rules, like a clock. You know, you have to greet somebody in so many seconds. You right. need to do this, you need to do that. And I always sort of 
admired the early days, the looseness, the relaxed part of it that allowed... I mean, we're never going to be perfect. But I honestly believe if you're genuine, you're going to overcome, you know, some of your mistakes. Well, you fix your mistakes. You care about fixing That's right. Exactly. And all my staff, I just want to empower them to fix it. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to do. You got to step out of yourself. Like Mm -hmm. if you have a conflict with somebody and, you know, maybe you don't want to look them in the eye and in a corporate situation, they're going to say, oh, go get the manager. The manager will come out and talk to the customer. I said, you're the one who's been dealing with these people all night. You do what you think is right. Make them understand that you actually do care. And I trust them. I trust them if they want to comp the whole bill, comp the whole bill. Or maybe you just need to, you know, say a a small word. Or maybe you give them a piece of dessert or, you know, a small discount on their bill. But it's better coming from the server who's been sort of in contact with that person. And I've always told them, I've got your back 100%. If it starts to get abusive or something like that, we'll we'll deal with that. But you, got, you know going in that I'm not going to come down on you for whatever decision you make. You know, maybe I won't agree with it. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But in the heat of it, I, I'm 100% behind the servers to make that call. And, um, you know, I, again, it's that trust factor. They're, I, they've repaid me back a million times just from those small little acts. And... Uh, and I'm really appreciative of, of what they've done in, in that way and how they deal with problems. So, uh, yeah, that service part is huge. Well, that, what you just said is a difference right there. You've actually yeah. get, empowered them and given them the, the tools to actually, you know, yeah. make their own decisions and do things properly. Yeah, well, right. and, and sometimes I question myself, is it because I'm too lazy to go out and do it no, myself? No, no, well, well, they're doing but, the yeah, job. So but somehow it works, right? It does work. It works. 100%. And, uh, you know, it's easy to, to look at it in hindsight and say, that's how I do it. But I don't know if I always intended to go into it that way. You know, sometimes, you know, you have your own anxieties. <laughs> that person looks really mad. Yeah, you go take you, care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's talk social media. Yeah. yeah. 30 but, years ago, there yeah, was no social no internet, Instagram. No, no social media. You know, no, no food network. Yeah. Right? All the, these three heavy hitters have brought... It's you know, changed. Uh, people are so smart about food now. Right. It's, they understand things. You know, we used to have people ask us what a quesadilla is. Right. Uh, I mean, now, you know, uh, half of our customers have sous vide machines right. in their home. Right. You know, they, right. they understand what's going on. Yep. So you're not speaking an unusual language. So it's kind of, I, I, what I see is that's forcing us to have to elevate our game right. a little bit. Um, and... Uh, has that taken some of the teaching part out of it? Um, n- not really, but it's finding new ways to, to want to teach people, mm. right? So um, it's not that it's out there, because there's still a lot of things that uh, people won't do at home. Right. And I think for a restaurant like Cafe Carlo, we're, we try to remind ourselves that we want to offer sometimes things that somebody isn't likely to, to make at home. I mean, that's or that they can easily get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, those sorts of things, that, that knowledge and the understanding of food that people get through social media and, and, and television and what have you, is forcing us to really bring up the game a little bit. 
And that, I think that's our biggest challenge, easily going forward, is to try to reimagine things in a way that will challenge people a little bit, you know? Um, no, I, that's, that is easily the biggest challenge we have now, going forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Next 30 years. Yeah. What, what, what's our plan for the next 30 next years? Next 30 years. One of the things that's really in my head is, so with social media and TV and all of that, you see, and I, I'm, I'm somebody who likes to pay a little bit of attention to what other people do. I don't like super focus in on it, but I, there's certain trends that you can identify. Mm -hmm. And certainly I think that uh, one of the big things is, is, and we've always kind of had this element within the restaurant, is the local element. I would like to see us try to express what it means to be in Winnipeg and in Manitoba really on point so that if somebody is coming in from elsewhere, they are getting something that is really truly representative of what we do mm -hmm. in Manitoba and our, the ingredients that we have. Um, and trying, just trying to offer that to people. But it's, you know, it's easier said than done. It's trying to find the things to get the staff to understand where you want, how you want to put it all together, to really say that dish speaks of the region we're in. And I think that's where it's got to go uh, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, certainly that and, and anything plant-based is something that uh, we're seeing is is growing enormously so even our dish like the fat chili for example the number of times i get somebody who asks me can you make that vegetarian or make it vegan mm -hmm. we're on it from day one we recognize you know people are asking for this we need to how are we going to do this without compromising what we are doing mm -hmm. and give them the full experience mm -hmm but still satisfy their dietary concerns. Way more now than ever, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, people being concerned about gluten in a pasta restaurant, yeah. a very pasta-centric restaurant, has been a big thing, but we identified that very early and immediately brought in and sourced out what we could find as being the best uh, gluten-free pasta, for example. And uh, so that we weren't compromising on flavor, taste and flavor have always been number one. You don't want to just do it because people are asking for it. Right. It's got to be real right. and it's got to be true to what you do and you don't want to compromise. So those sorts of things are also part of the future because there are a lot of people, they're so food knowledgeable that they know how to ask the question. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know how to answer it, we're, we'll, we, we could be dead. We just need to hospitality we want to be hospitable and we want to provide people with what they want so yeah that's that's where it's going in the next 30 years and hopefully we can really be a big part of that um your passion makes me want to eat here every night <laughs> <laughs> you're a passionate guy it's, yeah. it's nice to see someone actually yeah, do something for this long and still yeah still give yeah i i really like it and uh, you know I, I, I never feel like i'm dragging myself to work I do wish I could take a, a little bit more of a vacation, and we I'm sure do. my wife <laughs> would like that a little bit for us. Uh, but maybe now that the kids are in a, 
sort of offering more of their time to the restaurant, uh, I can step back. <laughs> Maybe for a full week. Yeah. That would wow. be great. A full <laughs> week would be awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for allowing us in here All today. right. Well, thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you very great. much. Another mystery solved. Another restaurant down. Krista, thanks for joining me this week. It was fun. I look forward to more. And thank you all for joining us this week. We will talk to you next week here on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.